Welcome to the Unabridged Podcast. I'm Ashley. And this is Jen. Join us for bookish episodes and check out our website, unabridgedpod.com, where you can find lots of new bookish content to grow your TBR. Sign up for our newsletter to find out more about online book discussions and upcoming events. Find us on Patreon for extra unabridged content. Join us on Instagram and Facebook at Unabridged Pod and message us there or see our website to get plugged into the Unabridged community. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hi, and welcome to Unabridged. This is episode 241. Today we are talking about cozy reads. This is one of our fall topics that we like to visit as we're moving toward winter. And we'll share a few of our latest cozy reads that we would recommend with you. Before we get started today, I wanted to mention two things. Number one is, as we've been mentioning on our episodes recently, that we've really revived Patreon. So we are releasing a bonus episode every month. Feel free to plug in there. For $5 a month, you are supporting us and our ongoing costs, which is a huge help, but also you get a private RSS feed and all it's very simple to get where you can download those episodes and listen to them. So we're happy to help with that, but it is easy. We did test it out to make sure and it's really easy to tune in there and we do release one on the first day of the month. Every month we'll have a bonus episode for our Patreon supporters. You can just go to patreon.com slash unabridged pod or you can go to our website unabridgedpod.com and get to our Patreon from there. And we really appreciate that. The other thing we wanted to mention is that Libro FM is doing a really great bundle for the holidays where you can get credits and buy those credit bundles for people and give them as gifts. And we love Libro FM. We talk about them all the time. And so we just wanted to make sure that you knew that was happening. And so they are still doing where you can gift a subscription, but it they've changed it a bit so that it's, I think, it's more flexible for the gift that you're giving someone and it works for people who already subscribe. They don't, you know, it's just basically you're giving them credit so they can choose books. So it's really great. And we do have an affiliate link for that. So if you're interested in doing that, that link is in the show notes and you can check out their bundles. Before we get started with our cozy reads, we want to share our bookish check-in. Jen, what's something you're reading? So currently, I am finishing up Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey. This has been part of my ongoing endeavor this year to read Jane Austen's six major novels, and this turned into a buddy read. Our hashtag is readaustin22 if you're interested. And Northanger Abbey, I had read it before, but remembered pretty much nothing. So it has been interesting to revisit a book. And uh, weirdly not, but usually I'll be like, oh, I don't remember anything. And then things come back. Things have not been coming back, which is really strange. But anyway, Northanger Abbey is Austin's parody of gothic novels, which is really fun. So the main character, Catherine Moreland, is obsessed with gothic novels. And so she sees peril at every turn and is convinced that... There are all these villains around her who are like mustache twirling villains. And anytime she goes to an old building, which, you know, it takes place in England. So there are a lot of old buildings and there's an abbey, as the title suggests, where she goes. (laughs) And she's convinced that, you know, every wardrobe is this secret path to something else. And every trunk has dark secrets. So it's really fun. There is an element of romance There is a lot to do with her friendship with this family who, 
is not gothic, but treats her very badly. And so she is quite an innocent character. And you see her working out how to identify the real peril in her life instead of seeing peril that doesn't actually exist. So yeah, it's it's been a fun read. We've had some good discussions about this one and the way Austin is using those gothic tropes to talk about a young woman's coming of age. It is really, it's been a fun read. So that is Jane Austen's Northanger Abbey. Oh, wow. I didn't know anything about that, Jen. That sounds fun. And I didn't realize it was a parody, but that all makes a lot of sense yeah. as you're describing it. And that sounds really cool. Yeah. It's, it's quite different from our other books. So it's been a nice little change. But yeah. What about you, Ashley? What are you reading? One of the ones I'm reading, I'm still in the spooky read zone here and speaking of libro fm this was one of the alcs for october and this is jennifer Givon's river woman river demon and this is a captivating story that really grabs your attention right away this one centers on eva so eva is a practitioner of hoodoo she and her husband jericho they have two children together they live on this ranch that is along the river And they really have this, in a lot of ways, really beautiful life. She's an artist. She's a glassblower. But she's had some mental blocks against her art recently. And so she's been trying to work through those. She did have a traumatic event in her past that has continued to haunt her quite literally in some ways. And so she's still working through that. But she has a good rapport with her kids and her husband. And so all that seems good. He is a professor and he's really accomplished, but he also is, he has a magic show that he is part of with a couple of partners. And so they have a shop and they do magic performances and he's the real deal. So in a lot of ways, you know, she practices in magic and then so does Jericho and they find that that is a way to have power and to keep their family and themselves safe in a world that in a lot of ways is stacked against them and so that's all happening but very early on in the book is the evening and she hears her husband you know obviously in distress down by the river and she is alarmed and goes rushing down there and she finds him with his assistant in the water and the assistant is bleeding everywhere and is clearly dying or dead and she cannot figure out what happened he doesn't seem to know what happened and so immediately they're in crisis they're not sure he's like we need to call the police she doesn't want to call the police because she is thinks that they're going to become suspects and so she's really worried about that but they do call and so he of course becomes the primary suspect because he was present and holding her you know at the time nobody knows what happened to lead up to that moment he says that he was told to meet her at the river and that when he got there he found her and so he claims that he has no idea what happened, but she is questioning him. But we also see that part of her trauma from her past is that she has blackouts. And so she has this other incident that is lingering over her. But then after that, because of that, she has these moments where she can't remember periods of time and what happened. So she keeps replaying what she thinks happened that night But you, as the reader, are not sure 
about her account of the events. And so there's a lot of questioning of who, what happened and who knows what happened and are they telling the truth? And I mean, I'm just totally captivated. I think all of it is really fascinating. And I think that there's both the thriller component that I'm really loving, but also the critical eye of societal structures and the way that those put people in danger and can cause the the responses like hers where she didn't want to call for help. And so I think we would see a lot of that too. And the role that for them magic has in helping them to navigate that world. That's Jennifer Givon's River Woman, River Demon. And this is the first I've read by her, but man, I will definitely be reading more of her books because I just am really, I love her style and I'm really interested in her work. Oh, that sounds really good. I'll have to add that to my next book to be listened to. That sounds really great. Yeah. Yes. Anybody who has the ALC program for Libro FM, definitely check that one out because this is not my typical genre. But after Tiffany Jackson's The Weight of Blood, I loved that so much. And so I was just really interested in reading more in that genre. And so that was why I picked this one up. And I'm glad I'm in the listening. The audio is great. So So today, in a very different vein than the one I just (laughs) described, and also Jen's, I think, um, we're going to be talking about cozy reads. So we always like to recommend some of those as we move into the holiday season and winter. And so we wanted to share a few with you. Jen, what's your pick? So this is Sarah Addison Allen's Other Birds, and I absolutely love this book. Oh my goodness. So this is my first book by Alan, but again, as Ashley said with Gavon, I will definitely be reading more. She has quite a backlist and I had heard of her work before and I know people really love her. I just hadn't picked up anything. So this one was a buddy read with at read with Tony on Instagram. And I'm so glad she chose it because wow. So this one has magical realism It has this element of found family, both of which I really love. And it's a charming novel. I I won't say it's all completely light. There are some tragic things that happen within the book. But overall, again, there's that sense of magic and there's that sense that there is hope for people who feel otherwise disconnected from the world to find people who can be their families, even when their own families are (laughs) are less than supportive in some cases. So I would say the first character we really come to know, and I think I would call her the protagonist, even though the point of view does shift and there are a lot of characters whose perspectives we learn. But the first character we come to know is Zoe. And she is just, she's just graduated from high school. She's getting ready to go to college. And she moves into this apartment complex called the Della Wisp. And this is because her mother who died several years before, left this to Zoe in her will. And Zoe's dad, you know, takes care of her in the most perfunctory way and has since remarried and her stepmother is pretty anxious to push Zoe out of the house and to make space for her own kids. She's not out and out cruel, but she makes it clear that you know, Zoe is just not a concern of hers. And so she's ready for her to be gone. So Zoe is excited to move into this spot that was her mom's. She doesn't really know a whole lot about her mother. And so she's hoping that moving into this apartment that belonged to her will help her understand who her mother was. So the Della Wisp is named after these tiny, tiny little birds that live in the courtyard 
and are, are very unusual. So they are a part of sort of the magical feeling of this apartment complex. There are also spirits who live in the Delawisp and some of the people are more aware of them than others. But we are also getting the points of view of these different spirits, of these ghosts that are sort of haunting the residents of this place. It takes place on Mallow Island off the coast of South Carolina. And so it, there is this sort of southern feel to the book. And, and Alan builds that into the book in a really beautiful way. It's hard to explain it because this is going to sound really fragmented. But there's a part with a famous author who wrote this book about the Delawisp. And he's a very mysterious figure. There are other people who live there. There's a woman named Charlotte who is clearly running from something. There is Mac, who is this gigantic chef who is incredibly shy and doesn't really know how to talk to people. Um, he was abandoned by his parents, but this woman who was an amazing cook sort of took him in and unofficially fostered him. And she is definitely a presence in the book. There's the guy who runs the Delawisp called Frazier. And he seems really grumpy. He's one of those curmudgeonly characters who you soon realize has this really soft heart underneath it all. And then there are these sisters who live in adjacent apartments and never, ever speak. And very early in the book, one of them whose job was to criticize everything in the apartment did, who was constantly reporting people to Frazier, the guy who runs the apartment, who was just really nasty. She dies under mysterious circumstances. And Zoe is determined to kind of figure out what happened there. So you have all of these really different intriguing threads coming together in this gently magical story. I just really loved it. Alan is a talented writer and she makes you feel the way these characters are all looking for some sort of connection. It reminded me a little bit of Frederick Bachman, like the feel of one of his books. When you see these characters, they're all flawed, and yet they're all searching for human connection and for someone to love and for someone to love them. So I just really loved it. Actually, I think you would love this book. It was so, so good. So that is Sarah Addison Allen's Other Birds. Oh, man. I hadn't heard much about that one. That sounds great. It's her most recent. It actually just came out in the last couple of months. But like her others, Garden Spells is one that I've heard a lot about. So I think that's probably the one I'm going to try to get my hands on next. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about you? What's your cozy read, Rec? Yeah, I didn't even think about Bachman as a great choice mm -hmm. for some of his books. It would definitely yeah. be really good for Cozy Read Rex. I went with a romance. This is Alexis Hall's Rosaline Palmer Takes the Cake. So longtime listeners know I'm a huge Alexis Hall fan and really loved first the boyfriend material. And then I also loved A Lady for a Duke. I think that one's really great. And this is... I thought of the three, it's quite different in its tone and also, yeah, just like the style is different, but I still really, really enjoyed it. I did think it was more in the cozy read camp than I would classify the other two that I've read. But so Rosaline Palmer is at a point where she has her daughter who's eight 
And she had the daughter quite young. She was on this pathway to be in university and become a doctor. And she had this big plan and then wound up with a child and decided to keep her child. And so a lot of what she's working through is that decision, you know, to keep Amelie, her child. And even though her parents put a lot of pressure on her to put her up for adoption or to let them take her and raise her, she decided to raise her child herself. And so her life changed a lot because of that. And she feels like her life is crumbling in a lot of ways. And it's because she's having trouble with her finances. And because, you know, she feels like the things that other people expect of her, she has not achieved. And so then that's a lot of what she's working through. So in a kind of last ditch effort to get things on track, she loves to bake. And so she winds up going on a national baking show and it's called Bake Expectations. <laughs> and so it's a lot like the Great British Baking Show that readers might be familiar with. I certainly am familiar with that. A lot of the book is set on the show. So that's part of why, like I said, to me, this one's a lot more in the cozy camp than the other ones I've read from Alexis Hall. And part of that is just because of the actual baking and the process of them, you know, being on set, finding out what to do. And I loved all of that. I loved the baking component, but also there is the part that the viewers see. And then there is particularly one like extremely crass backstage person who is always threatening them within like an inch of their life for if they say a foul word or something like that, like these horrible things, what was going to happen to them. And yet that person is like very crass. And so I thought all that was really hilarious in the juxtaposition between what's actually happening and what they have them show on the show, which I'm sure is is accurate. You know, I mean, when we were watching those kinds of things, I'm sure we all as watchers are imagining what actually goes down versus what they show. But, you know, a lot of it, they'll have these clips and they'll be like, say it again. But like, we didn't ask you a question. And then the person (laughs) will have to say say the thing again. (laughs) And so there's a lot of that that I thought was really fun. And the other thing that's going on is Rosaline. She is really working on figuring out what she wants out of life. So she loves Amelie. She is so happy with her life with her daughter and her daughter's the center of her world. But she also finds herself withholding Alain as the first contestant that she meets. And they have this like seemingly meet cute situation. And in it, she, she winds up, they, they wind up, they miss a train. They have to like help each other get there. And she tells him that she is a doctor and she spent an extended period of time on like voluntary work. So she, she makes this whole story of her life, I guess, as she wishes it were. So she doesn't say that she withholds, withholds the information that she has a daughter and then goes on to like blurt out this completely fabricated story <laughs> of her life, which of course is not going to go well when they're then together for this period of time. And inevitably, these other truths about her life are going to come to light. So again, happy with her daughter, center of the world, you know, all that stuff. And yet she obviously feels some level of need to tell people that things are different than they are. And so you really see that. And, 
you see her trying to we we get to know her parents and the way that they have this like imposing power over her life and how that has continued to shape her into adulthood and how the desire for their approval really factors in a lot of what she does and does not do and also how she sees herself and so we start to see that too and like I said, it is a romance. So there's, uh, there's some romance happening on the set and that all is really fun also. And she, uh, it's a lot about how people are different than what we believe them to be. And so there's a lot of that where, you know, you get a cast of characters, all of them seem a certain way. They don't know each other. They're strangers. They get to know each other over the course of the baking show. And as Rosaline gets to know them, she comes to realize how much she jump to conclusions about who she thought they each were and how that might be different from who they really are. And so all of that evolves. So again, she has that meet cute with Alain and then she's got to like work her way out of that. And he is exactly the type of person that her family is so desperately wanting her to be with. And so she is like, oh, maybe this is going to go somewhere. But meanwhile, she's got this baking show that she's already putting way too much time into. She's already kind of beg, borrowing, and stealing to get people to take care of her child while she does this. So she's, you know, compounding on herself the judgments because she feels like she already doesn't have enough time. She already doesn't have enough money. And then meanwhile, she's doing this show and not taking care of her child so that she can be on this TV show, which she is constantly questioning. So I just thought it was really sweet. I think it is in the cozy camp for a lot of reasons. And I just really enjoy the story. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think that while it is a romance, it also has those components that I think of as being kind of warm, a warm or cozy read that is fun for the reader. So that's a good one. So again, that's Alexis Hall's Rosaline Palmer takes the cake. That sounds so good. I have that one waiting for me on my Kindle. So, I mean, I feel like a lot of people's cozy watch is the Great British Baking Show. So I think that connection, (laughs) yeah, makes me want to pick that up at a perhaps stressful time. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly. That's exactly. I mean, I just think it's funny that the setting is really nice. And there is a new one. I think it just came out at the beginning of November and it is Paris Dallincourt is about to crumble. It is not, as far as I know, it's a different like season. So it's not any of the same characters, but it is set on fake expectations. Oh, that's fun. As well. (laughs) So I'll probably read that one too. So we would be so interested to hear what your Cozy Read recommendations are and what you've enjoyed recently. And we wanted to end today with our Gimme One, which is a favorite season. Jen, what's your favorite season? Or do you have one? Yeah, I think I I really like the transitional season. So right now I'll say fall. (laughs) Yeah, in the spring I might say spring. But I do love the fall. I think there's something... I like the clothes you wear in the fall. I like that it's not quite so boiling hot anymore. And yet it's not freezing. I, I like, you know, pumpkins and Halloween and yeah, there's just a lot of things to love in the fall. So yeah, I think that's mine. What about you, Ashley? Yeah, I would say that for a long, long, long time, summer was definitely my choice. 100%. I love to swim. I love to be outside. It is hot, but I usually can put up with the heat and uh, traditionally I was off in the summer. And so that's always nice also. And so I would always say summer, but Living in Virginia, I came to appreciate the fall a lot more. So I used to hate the fall. Like, it was my least favorite because I just didn't – I don't love winter. And so I didn't love, like, knowing winter was coming. (laughs) 
sorry, I'm having Game of Thrones flashbacks right now. <laughs> I was listening to you after I said it. I was like, well, that was uh, maybe not maybe not that kind of winter. But anyway, uh, but over time, especially with kids, I have come to find that I really do love the fall because there are so many things that we enjoy doing outside, and there's so many seasonal activities that we only do in the fall that I've really come to love. So I'd still say summer is the winter for me, but I do like fall a lot. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today and for listening. Let us know what cozy reads you will be reading this fall and winter. Again, like I said in the beginning, if you're looking for more unabridged content, we have episodes every month on Patreon. You'll get a bonus episode. So find us on there. And if you are looking for holiday purchases, make sure you check out the Libro FM credit bundles. And we have the link in the show notes if you are interested in purchasing that. That gives us just a little bit of help to cover some of our costs. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at unabridgedpod.com for ways to support us. To get more involved, you can sign up for our newsletter, join a buddy read, or become an ambassador. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.